0: This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium. Episode 40 How to Win From Behind. Music by Ben Prunty. Featuring Matt Martins and Hunter Donaldson.
1: What are you guys doing? That's what I feel like what people are you doing right now. I feel like that's what people are thinking at this point. Like, what are you guys doing? What what is the plan? Is has Space Cat's Peace Turtles become like a like a like a crazy train and there's no conductor or it's the just highway like, to hell. We're it's like, back in we, whack, baby. We spend, It's a crazy train. That's not uh that doesn't work. Journey. <laughs> uh, we're we're it's on like, a journey. They're like we went from being this ultra strategy podcast and then like we're talking about like a movie we were ultra so ultra we were ultra Uh, dude hey the strategy is was there
0: and is there sure always always but what's happening now what's happening to the show uh what's happening is what's happening to the show we have gen con in three weeks yeah. two weeks, yeah. three weeks yeah i just want to point out how lucky you guys are
1: that we're still even doing the show because the behind <laughs> the scenes it. work that we're doing <laughs> to get ready for this jam con stuff we've had meetings you we know had a, we had one meeting we've had a meeting a,
0: a production meeting mm-hmm. we've thought a lot about it yeah about what we're gonna do i've took a ca- i've made an ex- an excel spreadsheet of a schedule as i'm want to do which he was delighted by, of course. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. it's. I'm, uh, I'm glad you like to do it. We have an equipment. We have things.
0: Up. We have stuff. We're doing it. It's like we're big boys. I, I would say on.
1: that at this point, talking about gen con uh this is the point where i feel very very safe now in saying that it is happening and that we are going to film something that there's going to be coverage of
0: people playing twilight imperium thank goodness people have been giving us money for like multiple months i'm glad to have you saying that only just now
1: well no i just mean that like who knows what could happen (laughs) you know what i mean like i i i don't know that I don't know that it's felt as certain as it's felt in the last week. It It is now a thing that is on the books. Right, I have given up a week of, of work.
0: For this other work, and I mean, have it's been do. on
1: the books for a minute. Like we sure. bought the 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 passes. hotels and stuff and passes. But what I mean is that now it actually feels like we know sort of what it's going to look like, and I'm yeah. very excited about it. Yeah. And I just want to kind of at the top of the episode just be like, hey, I really appreciate you guys sticking with us. Yeah. And that there's something very very exciting and special around the corner.
0: Do we want to kind of touch on that again too for for people who like maybe haven't been paying attention, or don't even necessarily care that much about Gen yeah, Con. Do I want to touch yeah, on it again? Let's talk like, about it. What is it we're doing? What are we actually right. doing? Why do we keep harping on about this? And why are we asking for money? And why is it like a big deal to well, us? Well, okay, so there's a lot of things that we're gonna try to do. Yes. But the thing that, we, uh, that I want
1: to guarantee you is that you're gonna get the game, the yeah. tournament game, the final game of the Twilight Imperium tournament at Gen Con. Yeah. Uh, you're going to get that. You're going to get exactly what happened. You're going to get the cool things that happened.
0: It's going to be like watching the Super Bowl for TI. I hope so. Hunter and I will be your sports broadcasters. We'll be coming here live. It won't be live. It'll be an edited video. Right. I think we've gotten that question a few times, actually. I want to make it very clear. We cannot broadcast live from Gen Con. Just like... Within the parameters of the convention, right. that is not good to do. Right, we're, we're not doing that. We're right. we're making a video. We're making a follow up video. It's almost more like if there was if the Super Bowl was done, but they released the video of the Super Bowl a week later, and it was more like a documentary about what happened at the Super Bowl. Right. That's what we're doing. Right. Uh, I want it to be as visceral
1: as possible. I want you to really feel um, and get like the angle. Like you've gotten so much of how me and Matt play yeah. and in fact the, to get ahead a little bit um, the episode that we're gonna do today is a very like me and Matt our style type yeah. of type of episode right um, but what I would really like and I think the goal uh, of ours is to just look at some other people that play Twilight Imperium right. very well and very strategically and get their angle and really capture it in a very right. like this was the game and this is what they did type of way If
0: i had to boil Space Cats peace turtles into one mission statement has... you had to boil those cats and turtles down yeah, if, into a if kind if I had of to make soup, a soup you had to make a turtle cat soup uh, what would it taste the, like It would taste like Uh, we have always strived to bring balance to the idea of this kind of ridiculously complex strategy game that is generally considered a behemoth in the industry. Right. And we have always made a case for it of something that is approachable and something that you will want to uh, consume more information about. Maybe you... It's always the assumption that you don't get to play it enough. Right. None of us get to play Twilight and Miriam as often as we would like to play it. And so we try to give you something week to week that is... Filling the void of until the next time you get to play TI, and this tournament video is a huge extension of that. Of we would love to be able, you know, trying to do streams is similar, but streams are these long, drawn-out whatevers. We want to give you something that is like, do you want to see what TI can accomplish at its highest echelon? <laughs> right. That's and, what we and want. And with the to pressure be.
1: on, like yeah. I feel like the pressure of it being a tournament. Um, and that it being at Gen Con will bring out uh, some very special play. Yeah. And we just want to bring that to you and cover yes. that in a really interesting
0: way. Well, I've even played games with people before where, you know, when, once they see how either you and I play or, or some of the other people who... When, when a newer player plays with a group they've never played with before, and that group is like all kind of high-level players, I feel like a lot of times it gets said, oh, wow, I, did, I didn't even think people did this i didn't think people were this aggressive i didn't think these kinds of things happen and that's the kind of plays we're hoping happen at this this tournament game is like we're hoping to showcase some stuff where it's like you play once every couple months with your best friends and you have a really good time doing it well there's this other side of ti that is this cutthroat visceral (laughs) beat-em-up right
1: the people the people that we talk about that play almost every day those people yeah um and we know some of them will be in the tournament i hope a lot of a lot of people like that in the tournament yeah um and uh one other thing i want to touch on before we get into this episode proper is where the podcast that you're the gen con thing it's like an extra thing i get that um the podcast that you're listening to where is it going and we i want you to know that we have another arc for the show that we are preparing yeah um and that the show right now is, yeah, we're kind of going week to week, talking about different topics that we've kind of had on a list right. for a long Little time. Little one-offs. These are yeah. our one-offs. Right. It's kind and... of our one-off uh, like portion of the show right now. But there are more strategic arcs of the show yeah. to come.
0: We just didn't want to start any of them until we got through Gen Con. It felt like Gen Con was so big, we needed to devote everything we had to it. So, yeah, you are getting a lot of episodes that are kind of like, Discussions I enjoy having, but are certainly much more self contained and don't require kind of like digging into every single faction or whatever, you know. There's not as many things you have to like consider when you're just talking about like a five player game or the stuff we're going to talk about today. Right. Um, And what are we going to talk about today? What we're going to talk about today, let's get get to the point. Is um, I played a game on Saturday of the week prior to this episode coming out that. That was kind of inspiring, and I want to talk about, there's this notion that I feel like happens a lot in a Mm -hmm. game, and there's a lot, there's a host of reasons that this happens, but one player sits back in their chair, gives a big sigh of anger, Mm -hmm. a harumph, Mm -hmm. and says, that's it, I'm done, I just, I, you just, I cannot win. it's too late, my days are done, it's over. And a you lot know what, of times- though, I, wanna be, I wanna be fair to that person real quick yeah. though. It is not fun
1: to lose Twilight Imperium because you lose for six hours. That's mm-hmm. a six hour loss.
0: Absolutely. That doesn't feel well, good. That is that is part of what we love about TI or what we hopefully love about TI is that for me, it's it's that it does bring out some real like emotions. There's, we talking about there are before. some actual stakes to Twilight Imperium yeah. just by virtue of the fact that, that it, it takes a long time so to play. Long. And so yeah, right. even even when I have like a terrible loss at the end of it, there's almost like a, a feeling of relief after having made it through that. You right. made it through the gauntlet. Right. Um, and so, but what we, we want to talk about today is uh, sort of my theory. It's really both of our theory. That this thing we always kind of harp on, especially with new players. But it's just the idea that like you're never down and out. Right. There's always. I mean, I say always. Obviously, there's like some crazy, very, very last round stuff. Oh yeah, now, you th- could send us an, an anecdote where there was no. And we you touched on that with like our king making discussions, right? right? We said yes, there are some situations where it's like literally in this moment the game is being decided right now. But this episode's more about attitudes, not
1: necessarily yes. actualities. Like, what is the mode of thinking that you should get yourself into if right. you want to win Twilight Imperium coming from behind, right? Coming from right. basically
0: losing to win. There are multiple ways you can get to losing. Uh, and uh, the first one we want to talk about is kind of the simpler one, and then we'll get into some bigger... Mul- uh, multiple ways you get to topics. losing. Are we, what? Is yes, this a, where we get to wh- where you are behind. If we're, if oh, we need to, I if, see what you're saying. If this, if this episode- I thought you were saying this episode is about how to how lose, to lose Twilight in Twilight Imperium. Imperium. <laughs> just really, just decide that you, you love your friends and you don't want to see them get hurt. Oh man, let us know if you want a how, to lose, <laughs> how to lose I'm down. No, this is assuming things have gone south for you in one way or another. Right. And you need to turn it around. Mm-hmm. This is the turn it around cast. Right. Um, so the first and and maybe more likely situation is that the points just aren't working out for you right and they are working out for they're working else. out for every and right. it, usually especially like one or two people are just like oh wow it's just luck after luck, like easy objective easy objective right? And everything for you your pie slice just wasn't where the objectives were you know that game when right. it feels like right. it never really turned you just never even started scoring. you're at two or one or right. zero and they're at five or six right. or god forbid seven yes it yeah. feels it feels like what could possibly go right now it's just too late right i mean now now they're at six you're at two what could you possibly do to somehow win in this game well you
1: gotta have a swing round that's what you gotta do there's no other
0: way to do it you have to have a swing round that's gonna be hunter already said this before that he wants that to be the next the next scpt definition vocabulary i I feel like there are some some words that we've thrown into
1: that we didn't By the way. I'm not being cocky here. We did yeah. not make up a lot of the words. That, but I feel like SCPT Popular. has been a really good opportunity to kind of cement the vocabulary. Makes And it easier. swing round is definitely something that um, people talk about. Yeah. And that we have definitely did not make up the idea of a swing round. But I think people should be more focused on when they're losing, trying to create a swing round. Yeah.
0: Because that's the only real way to win. Right. I, I think... Even without being from a losing position, a big part of Twilight Imperium is planning on having a swing round no matter what. Oh, for sure. A lot of times, you could be in the lead, and the way you win should be a swing round. So what is a swing round? What is a swing round? A swing round, uh, more than anything... What do you need? What is essential to a swing round that you basically have to have? The Imperial strategy card. Right. you, you You can have a good round without Imperial, but a swing round is... You're gonna score two objectives this round. Right. Ideally one of them's gonna be a two pointer. Right. If it's that part if it's that late in the if game. If we're in
1: that part of the if game. If you're yeah. not
0: scoring two objectives, you're not having a swing round. Right. Is the way I look at it. Yeah, you need you need the two objectives,
1: possibly a secret in there, and maybe even a Mechatol point. Right. I mean, we're talking about I mean, that could be
0: five points right yeah, there. If exactly. you do all those things. That's half the game. Uh, yeah, and, and that's that's why we're bringing this up is because you can score half of the required points you need in a game in one round. In one round. Which means at any point in the... This is an important point to define. At any point in the game, it's kind of anybody's game. Yeah. If someone can come from... We've we've had this Imperium Life submissions. We've had plays of the week where it's like, I was at four and they were at eight and I won. Right. That can happen and it's because of swing rounds. And the swing round is a like crucial element to really any win mm-hmm. in TI. It's the reason the SRl tribes were broken in TI3. right? Because they could pull off a swing round better than anybody right. else. Right. They could do more things than anyone in one round and they could do it without anybody having anything else to say about it. Mm-hmm. So in TI4, because of the way Imperial as a strategy card is structured, allowing you to score a point in the middle of a round, it gives you more access to points than you would normally have. Adding in a Mechatol point, and then maybe adding in secret objectives brings that up to a lot. So this might sound really basic to a lot of you. Just the idea that like, oh, if you want to win, you got to score a ton of points in one round. Durr. Right. So obviously that's not it. But we want to define that because that part is crucial. You're going to need some other things as well, but you're going to have to have a swing round. I just more wanted to throw out there because I
1: feel like I see players that are it behind mm-hmm. not take imperial because they're hung up on something else right they're just trying to go for the tech obje-
0: it's like well if i can just solidify at least the tech objective the big point here is if you're behind going for easy objectives isn't going to get you no anywhere. it is not going to help the you. other players are already scoring easy objectives you sitting back and also just getting your easiest objectives isn't going to help what i want to propose you do Is Now you need to get your eyes open and you need to look for an objective that is difficult for you to do Mm -hmm. But is also in someone else's way, preferably the people who are in the lead, right? You need that four planet trait of the same, you know Four planets of the same trait and you need two of those planets to be in the leaders pie slice right right and meta wise You're gonna
1: be backed up in this situation. If I see a player with two victory points attacking a player with seven victory points and, and I see that it's even in their way, even though in that point I'm like, oh, well, they're going to get that point. Yeah. I, I'm way more inclined to let
0: them do that Absolutely. and just see what happens. You have so many bargaining chips when you're that far behind and attacking the leader. You, you can get people to help you score that VP pretty easily. And even if
1: I realize that that player is going for a swing... Like round. Yeah. I probably will, as far as meta goes, still be inclined to let them do it. Right. Or at least let them get
0: some of that done. I think there's two things at play there. There's one, you just want to see if they can do it. It's always fun to see a crazy play get Right. You want to see it. But two, it's always hard to see a six-point round coming. Oh, very much so. Especially because you you would be having to throw in secret objectives there, and it's very hard to predict what secret objectives someone has. Mm -hmm. Uh, Once you know all of them, it gets a little bit easier, but still like you can set things up to make it very difficult to know exactly what you're going for. And so yeah, having a big swing round and getting the assistance of people who are just slightly ahead of you is not very difficult to do. And, And I think this is going to be a theme that runs pretty consistent through this episode, is if you're behind, you can get help from right. people. People right. are typically willing to help someone who is behind uh, because they can gain something from you and they're hoping to also be beating the leader. Right. You're not trying to get something from the person in the lead. You're trying to get someone from the person in third place right? because they want to get paid to help them further their own gains. Right. So you need to be prepared to pay and then also get help. Right. So what kind of help are we talking about? The the kind of help we're looking for is... This is the situation where I'm willing to give up some promissory notes that are, are pricey uh, because I need some ships moved out of my way so that I have better access to a victory point or something like that. Or, I, need, or just, like, I just need trade goods, right? If I just right. need six trade goods, all right, time to throw out that support for the throne for right. six trade goods. Right, right. Things like that. Look for easy ways to get paid by your opponents who are looking to get their own advantages mm-hmm. if they need your ceasefire to get you off their case fine if they need a support for the throne because they think that one point will push them far enough ahead of the leader right great you're looking for that kind of stuff but all of this is still kind of the simple version right of this problem most people should understand
1: this i mean i feel like i still i still want to emphasize having the imperial strategy card is so important it's kind when of sure. are when imperial when are strategy card is
0: it. the best strategy card in the game for, sure. for this sole purpose and right. you, you should always be keen to find a way to use it
1: and i feel like i'm not seeing it getting picked enough by underdogs in games
0: and i'm not seeing it used by underdogs well enough i see an underdog get it kind of as a blocker maybe just Mm -hmm. like oh i don't want the person in the lead to get it but i'm going to score an objective in the middle of the round but then i'm not going to have anything to score in the status phase well then you kind of wasted the opportunity of imperial right imperial you take imperial when you're ready to like pull some stuff off right and sometimes that maybe needs that if you're behind I mean, this is kind of a game theory thing, I I think, without having read enough about game theory. But, like, the idea that if you want to get ahead, you need to take more risks is kind of a typical thing. Like, if you are already far behind, sitting down and being cool with everything that happens is not going to get you anywhere. It's time to start throwing some punches. Right. And see where it gets you. Right. Because you won't get ahead if you don't.
1: Right. Even to the point of possibly even... Like chaotic play right. at become this point. An agent of chaos. <laughs> <laughs> I love
0: using that That's term.
1: Very dramatic. Yeah. Um, but you have to make sure that if if you're going to so there's kind of there's kind of the layout that we're we're throwing out of like, oh, you can kind of go for a very orchestrated, um, like swing approach. I'm gonna swing myself up into the pack um, and become competitive again. The other thing though is that if you don't see that path or you can't get a hold of Imperial, um, I feel like I'm not seeing enough of, like, people that don't have a way to win kind of just, like, making it difficult for the people in the lead. Yeah. And and being unpredictable right. and doing things that, um, are like, create chaos as far as the right. relationship between all of the players is smart if you don't have a way to win this round. If, right. you, don't, if you don't have a way to get back in, I feel like I'm just not
0: seeing people fight hard enough here's, from behind here's the difference there's an important point to that which is don't be chaotic just for chaos Th- there's there's the mua player who's in dead last so they decide to just throw their war son at a fleet oh yeah that's probably a right. losing fight like no right. that's not the chaos we're talking about you need chaos that gets you something but is so far out of your reach people weren't expecting you to do it and it wasn't part of anyone else's plan. Right. You need to go against the grain so that people get caught off of their footing and they need to they need to struggle with dealing with whatever it is you just did. But you don't need to sacrifice your entire fleet and lose it right. just to make some
1: gains. And something that can disrupt the actual order of the game. I mean, like the the easiest example I can think of off the top of my head is I feel like I've seen too many games where someone takes mechatol rex gets to keep it yep. at little cost to themselves yep. and no one in the bottom half decides like i'm just gonna right. unseat
0: you for mechatol rex because yeah. i just want to shake up the order exactly of mechatol rex is always in some way going to be worth a point right so taking mechatol rex from someone else even if it's not immediately getting you a point it's denying someone else a potential point and it is could get you a point, and you should you should go for that. Like, yeah, I, I think that's the perfect kind of basic example, and you can find other things like that. But the idea of just like I'm gonna take over Mechatol Rex because I'm too far behind to know what else I can do. Right. Exactly. Sometimes
1: you you will be behind, and you won't see that path to scoring a bunch of victory right. points, and that's fine. Score the points you can score. Right. Which is then, Mechatol. <laughs> right. And disrupt.
0: The, yeah. Disrupt the overall um, structure of the right. game. That's point. the other reason Imperial is important. Even if you're not going to have a swing round, it's time to get some new secret objectives mm-hmm. then, because you got to find points somewhere. The 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 big thing I'm just trying to push you away from doing is the the worst thing you can do is roll over and let it happen. Right. And just and I see I see people in round like three or four just sort of give up and right. throw up their hands and right. not really do anything. And it's like, well, why are you? You know, you can push for it, and you might see something change. Something could happen. And you're gonna love that you gave yourself the opportunity to take advantage of that. Right. Rather right. than if you just you know, you never take you what's the old phrase? You you you, you, you miss the shots. You, Wayne you Gre- always miss the Michael shots. As Michael Scott once as said,
1: J- Wayne Jordan, <laughs> Wayne Michael Jordan. Gretzky as LeBron, as
0: LeBron.
1: Woods. Uh <laughs> LeBron Woods, uh What's the one of the, a French player
0: from the soccer team? Yeah, one of those guys. The soccer team. Sure, one, one of, the, of the French players the from the teams. soccer teams. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's talk about the other much much bigger discussion that is at play here. We've we've harped on about just like, "Oh, I'm behind and I should try harder." Right. Well, okay, yeah, duh. But that's obviously not the main way people fall behind. Right. So, what do you do if you're actually
1: in the lead, doing well. Yes. And then your game blows up for you, yes. plastic-wise. Right. Right? This is a much more common, well, not necessarily much more common, but I think a lot m- more fun for us to discuss. <laughs> right. Because this is what happens to us. Yeah. Because we're winners.
0: We always win. <laughs> we're the winners. <laughs> no, uh, th- this is such a normal thing of, I uh, am in the lead. I'm, or, or, like, in a soft lead, right? Like, right. oh, there's three of us in the top of the right. pack, and... One of us is gonna get hit. Just like whatever right, happens, right. boom! I just got dragged down. I lost that planet I didn't expect, and that was like, you know, this phrase: "The like you have no idea what I just lost just from losing that one planet." Right? You you just took it because it was a whim, but that was my every. Th- that was my last tech specialty right. or whatever. Right. I needed that to stay right. in the pack, right. and now I'm screwed. Right. What am I gonna do? What do you do when
1: everything blows up? how do you pull out a victory from behind basically yes. the title so
0: the title. <laughs> how to win
1: from, from behind. behind so
0: i want to talk about uh the game we're that i just get played an- anecdotal now we're gonna get anecdotal baby um i had a game on saturday uh we were tweeting it i tweeted like once every round so it's not like you have that much information to gain from it but if mm-hmm. you go to our twitter you'll see a couple pieces of a game we played where i was the l1z1x And it was kind of a strange game. Uh, We say that about every single game of Twilight Imperium. Twilight Imperium is always a weird game. Uh, So this one was super low scoring early on. Kind Mm -hmm. of from everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me specifically, I didn't score a single objective for the first two rounds. I did score a Mechatol point. I took Mechatol first, and I scored an Imperial point. So I was tied for... I was in the pack, but I hadn't scored a single objective. And... The game continued on. I was L1Z1X. I got a fairly fast War Sun upgrade. That was like kind of my goal that game was I was wanting to do some science about, like, I really do want to just, like, get War Suns He had a very fast. good tech specialty I had a, slice, yes, by I the had, way. I had a red, a green, a blue, all in my slice, and I had a yellow right next to my slice as far as tech specialty. Turns out on. you don't need inheritance systems if you have all the specialty. Yeah, you just <laughs> skip all the bad tech and get whatever you want. So uh, I was getting... Kind of no filler tech. I was getting only hitters mm-hmm. and got War Suns like round three, mm-hmm. something like that. With, I got Dreadnought 2 first, then I got War Suns. Right. That's the game I was having. I didn't go straight for War Suns. I got it as a secondary thought. Um, but I built my first War Sun and it immediately got attacked. Right. As soon as my War son hit the board, everyone was just like, that's a threat, even though I was in the pack. I wasn't a winner. I wasn't right, like, taking right. lead. I didn't even have any obvious victory points I was going to get. It was just like, well, if we're all in the pack and Matt is a War son, we know that can't fly. That's mm-hmm. not good. I had the same reaction to x Job building their flagship right next to me. Right. I saw their flagship and went, hmm, can't have that. That right. will certainly impede right. my ability to get future points. So got to deal with that. Right. Uh, the problem is my war son was in my home system, and the Federation of Soul are the ones that came to get it. Right. So I had a big Federation fleet in Including the, the flagship. The flagship with a bunch well, like of you fighters. Know, you know how we feel about we that You know that how flagship. you feel, yeah. Uh, so, Everyone's favorite episode. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I managed to retreat the war Sun from that fight. It got out by the skin of its chinny chin chin. And I had a parlay, which is also very lucky. So Federation of Soul came into my home system and was only left with blockading it and they didn't kill a war sun. Pretty good for me, but still I'm like on the fence. And the beginning of the next round, they immediately attacked my war sun again and blew it up. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is because they attacked it because they took leadership. I took Imperial because I decided that was the round I was going to try to have a swing round. Right. Uh, They were making it very clear to me that they wanted to keep going for the war sun and not try to invade my home planet So I was pretty certain my home system was gonna be okay But even if it wasn't I immediately started making very open-faced deals with everyone else at the table, right? Hey, I'm getting gutted like a fish. I will give up anything to anyone no matter what you get adjacent to me and you attack soul you earned yourself some stuff, right? Guaranteed, right, right? I'll I'll help you with your objectives. I'll give you money. I'll give you promissory notes. This is a very common mat tactic. Oh yeah, if
1: if you. If you're threatening Matt's game, then Matt will pay everyone everything yes. to have you... And and in the past, it's been very... It has he, worked It
0: worked in my Winu game as right, well. Right,
1: right. And you can actually see that game on stream yeah. where he gives uh, Michael, the Krius player, um, su- what was it? Support, support for support the throne. From, support for the throne immediately. to get him to attack uh, yep. Doug,
0: right. who was playing Arborek. Right. Arborek tried to stop, tried to, tried to kick Winu when they were down, and I immediately said, well, then I will sow the seeds of chaos. Right. I will do anything I can to hurt that decision. Right. Uh, and so I was doing the same thing, funny enough, to the same player, playing right. as a different faction. Right. Doug was uh, my, my problem Arborek, and this time he was my problem soul. So I was willing to pay anyone anything, and I, I had an opportunity to, as long as I kept the planets in my home system, I could have a swing round. And I did. I went from two points to eight points. Um, but as a lot of us know, that put me in a lead that it was a little bit scary to be in. Um, And so going into the final round, this is kind of where things turn different, and there was a lot of weird meta plays and a lot of strange happenings where I actually wasn't the target because I had been hit so hard. I built another War Sun and also lost that one almost immediately. So built two War Suns, never used either of them. That's a whole other discussion. Right. Uh, But suffice it to say... I didn't look like I was about to win. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the reason I won is because what was being openly discussed at the table was everyone trying to cement their position to get as many points as they could in this one round, assuming it would go on to another round. Because when they looked at my board position and everything that I had, they said, we don't see a way that Matt can win. Right. So as long as we just keep him at bay, we'll all give ourselves an opportunity to win next round. Should we sort of talk about the
1: importance of playing this up? whenever you're in this position. I feel like... Absolutely. And I I don't want it to sound like we're contradicting ourselves. Earlier, we said like, oh, you shouldn't throw your hands up mm-hmm. in the air and be like, oh, I've lost. You should do that. You, you actually should do that. Um, <laughs> it's just that you shouldn't believe it. Right. You, you shouldn't think it in in your in, heart. Right. But it is a very useful meta play yes. to
0: have yourself discounted on the table. Yep. Um. I have done this many times. This is Hunter. I, I would call this one of Hunter's main tactics. And it's not, it's not even in this extreme of a situation, but it's kind of like, if you do anything to Hunter, he will be very vocal about all of the ways the other person is going to benefit from doing that so that the whole table is looking at that person and not at whatever Hunter is planning. I try and do all of the math to show them
1: that um, this is only going to benefit another person and I just leave out all the ways that it could benefit me, that kind of thing. Um, If you watch the stream game, uh, which it's kind of a weird one to watch strategically because we had the weird audience agendas, but um, in that game when I was playing as the extra, I... If you watch the last round of that game, I encourage everyone to talk as if there is another round of the game. Right. You all, if you have it yeah. set where you're going to win this round, the easiest way to have people not look at what you have going on in right. your slice and what's going on with you
0: is to just talk like, "Yep, yeah, we've got another yeah. one." Hunter another always round. notices because for me, I kind of do the a little bit worse tactic, which is I kind of just shut up. Right, I, I tend to close up and I just don't. I just don't want people looking at me. Right, which if you know to look for that kind of thing, becomes an incredibly obvious tell of, oh, Matt is suddenly not talking at all. He must have a plan to win. It's
1: interesting because in the last round of Twilight Imperium, it does start to become a little bit like poker in this way. Yes.
0: Oh, absolutely. Very much so. Well, that's my favorite thing about close games is that is certainly what is happening in the final round. If everyone's at eight or nine in the final round of TI, it is absolutely poker. It's everyone trying to keep everyone else from knowing exactly what their path to victory is. Right, right. Um, so, so yeah, you should be making your case to the table that like, and, and this goes for, so there's two ways to go about this. My typical response is what we've already kind of outlined, which is you've already attacked me and I start screaming at the rest of the board. You better do, everyone else better do something about this. Right. It's time to act, um, because in them taking stuff from me, they're only gaining more out of it. And so you, they should be your target. I will pay anyone to entice them for them to become the target hunter is a little bit better about getting ahead of this
1: i i count i the thing i'm always counting is uh how many infantry the other players have that they can that can get to me um how many bombardments they have versus how many infantry I have, basically. Right. I always try and count this up because I feel like if you do the math properly on this, you can pretty much always assure that you're not going to get attacked. Now, if I do get attacked in a way that is going to hurt me very greatly, um, the way I always paint it... See, I'm a little less trustworthy of other players. Right. To, I don't table... Matt, the, one of the differences in me and Matt's style is that Matt very re- regularly speaks to the entire table as the UN like yeah. you'll talk to the the whole table as if like we are all a group of players yes. and we all have one common interest right. and it just so happens to be Matt's. Right. Um, yeah, it's convenient. That I'm point. a little more one on one with my with my dealings. Yes. Um, and when someone is going to do something to me that is going to uh, throw me uh, quite a bit, my first. I mean, hopefully I saw it coming. If I did not, then i'm more of a mutually assured destruction type of meta player right In that i just assure them that like okay they can make this choice but it's going to cost you too much to do this right. you haven't done the math properly yeah. and you look for
0: avenues to give them an out a- you say you could be i see that you want to do this for this point right what's another way i can help you get some other point right and turn you, my turn my enemy into a friend basically yes you always look to change their mind I always assume they've made their decision, and right. I need to get everyone else to change their minds. Right. So, I think they're two both valid uh, versions of the same thing, I and it just depends is, on your group. Right, and I, I, I,
1: the way we've kind of chosen to clarify them in the outline, is mine is more of a defensive approach, yep. whereas Matt's is a more aggressive, aggressive. approach.
0: Yeah. I, I am an inherently a more aggressive player, so I'm thrown into these situations more often. I do not meta the entire table
1: as well as Matt does, but as a one-on-one meta person, maybe we should Hunter, have... Hunter will get someone in his pocket, right. and it's very hard to shake them out. I, I, I very regularly win games because the player... T- one of my neighbors was always on my side, right.
0: basically. Right. And I think that's a point that a lot of people brought up in favor of a support for the throne trade, like swap, right. stuff like that. But that it's like me as a player, I have a hard time pulling that off and making that decision. And, and mm-hmm. I think just at this point, it's almost like it precedes me where people just don't trust me. Right. And I can't seem to turn it around. I can't get people to trust me. So now I'm just locked into, all right, well, I got to find a way to make the aggressive approach work. Right. So, well, so what do you do if, well, t-
1: actually – I think at this point, I just kind of want to know, and I think the listeners want to know, how did you pull it out on the, the game example that were you using?
0: Uh, so I was very willing to pay anyone to attack the soul. Right. But even more so, I was being very open about, like, how this was going to benefit the soul and made everyone more fearful of the soul. So the next round... St- Soul got hammered pretty hard. I mean right. they were they were losing a lot of ground right. and very quickly had to figure out how are they gonna maintain and, and I would not be able to do that. Right. Like it, I would not be able to get <laughs> the rest of the table to do that. I wanna make that clear. That is a difference between me and Matt's abilities. And and so uh in addition to that was keeping a low profile outside of that, like maintaining the position that like, well, I still got screwed over. I'm losing. I need, I'm, I'm losing. losing. You, You're, have to you, say you that all helped, you all helped prevent soul from winning right now, but I'm still losing and right. we keep it that way. And in that last round, uh, I stalled for as long as I could until I could pull off a game winning maneuver, which was, uh, there was a two pointer to control someone else's home system. And basically I was in a position where nobody thought I would be able to do that and I set up an opportunity to do it. Right. Um so I did win the round before everyone else thought everyone assumed we were going into one more round and I kind of cut it off at the at the knees because I would say two main things which was I was in a behind position and milked it for all it was worth and because the previous round I had had a swing round and those two things added up to a pretty solid victory. Right. There are some meta things that happened that I think depending on the group wouldn't have got I wouldn't have gotten away with but i mean you know you play the game that you're in not every game right so hunter wasn't there right if hunter had (laughs) been there he would not have allowed me to get well i don't know i don't know
1: maybe maybe i again i'm i'm a one-on-one meta person not a table meta person and i feel like there have been plenty of games that we've played together where you have successfully meted the table either against me or just for your own right benefit and i can't figure out how to get Get on the other side yeah, of it. Yeah, get on the other side right. of it. Um, but let's talk a little bit about what when you're losing or when your plastic is being blown off of the table, what are the elements of the game that you want to try and exploit to swing yourself back, basically? Right. I mean, how did you accomplish this? You had an, uh, you. You told me you had a great action card hand. Yeah. I feel like that's very A lot, of, a lot of action
0: cards. I, I want to redefine this. Yeah. Okay. I, I want to talk about it in terms of something bad just happened to you. Right. And that sucks. But there's a list of things that can happen to you and they feel bad, but they do not necessarily prevent you from winning. Oh, right. I like this. This is so Matt. This is the most Matt thing of all time. (laughs) (laughs) So the things that can happen to you that you need to look at and say, well, okay, that doesn't kill me yet, and maybe I'll be able to find something later that turns this around. First off, you can lose a big fleet in Twilight Imperium and be or like okay. maybe two Warsons. Or you can lose two Warsons. We warsuns. literally have an anecdote for you where <laughs> yeah. someone built warsuns. You Did you destroy a single thing with the Warsons? I didn't warsuns? kill a single thing with the Warsons. So Except for like in the fight, they were being attacked, killing like a fighter or So whatever. how many resources is that wasted? That's 24. 24 resources, resources. went right this into This is toilet. why I don't think... Devotion is a good ability. Oh. The Yin Brotherhood just getting economic gains is not enough because you can lose a huge fleet mm-hmm. and still be okay. Right. So, what other th- What else can happen? You can lose Mechatol Rex.
1: Right. You can survive. have Mechatol Rex and lose it. Yes.
0: There are there are plenty of other ways to win the game. Losing Mechatol Rex is not everything, even though sometimes it can feel like everything. Right. Um. In this situation, another thing that happened to me, actually. <laughs> everything we have in this list except for the very last one is what happened to me in this last right game. and you, you can lose a big fleet from all of this you can lose mecca rex i had mecca rex most of the game lost it towards the end i wasn't holding on to it that hard but i lost it uh you can get your home system blockaded i think there's it is very difficult to come back from having your home system completely invaded right. especially if it's a good invasion where they're left with a decent number of right. inventory behind that is that is certainly very difficult to fix even that though You can still do imperial plays, like as in taking. There are other points. If it's like a late game thing, and you're at eight, losing your home system doesn't necessarily mean that you are down for the count. You need to get some more secret objectives, and you need to get some mechatol points, or you need to. There are other points you can get. But getting your home system blockaded is certainly not the worst thing that can happen Mm -hmm. to you. There are lots of ways to get yourself out of having your home system blockaded. So, if any of those things happen to you. You need what Hunter was kind of about to to, to define. Mm-hmm. You need game changers. Right. We need to figure out what are our tools that are at our disposal. If if in the normal way we look at things, we say, okay, I scored a point this round. Someone else scored two points that round. Next round, same thing happens. That, they're at four. I'm at two. Happens again. Six versus three. Like I'm just falling behind. Right. You need something that turns the tide about it. What we always describe in the race guides is like we said, this ability isn't that useful because it's a win. From ahead, like it, it's a win more right thing. Right. Win more things are not that useful. What is useful is things that pull you from behind. Yeah, like swingers. Swingers. <laughs> Swing yeah, swingers. Let's call it swingers. <laughs> Very good idea with huh? Vince Vaughn. <laughs> uh, no, the, the the things you have at your disposal are the swingers you have. The swingers that you have are first off the agenda phase. That's a big Just swinger. Just right period. There. That's Anything. like a swinger convention. <laughs> That's like a swingers club. <laughs> Oh no. Uh, yeah, the agenda phase is a huge opportunity to disrupt to swing. And stop it. I you, you get a yellow card, <laughs> you're done. Uh, another another big one is action cards. Right. We all know that we we like neural motivator. Neural motivator gives you a lot of opportunities to do things. It's obviously you, better than Starwing. Obviously better than Starwing. Not Jules. that this is that episode. No. Uh, the the whole reason we love we'll neural... never give you that. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, the whole reason we love <laughs> neural motivator is that it gives you a lot of these opportunities to turn things around for yourself. Um, it, it, there's nothing better than like playing Rise of the Messiah when you are getting low on ground forces, right? right. That is a huge come from behind moment. That's a sure. big deal to pull off, or you know, a sabotage at the right moment. I, wa- I want to ask you a question, actually, right now. Here's a little thought experiment: If you
1: didn't have Neural Motivator and you were going into what what was go- was a late game horrible round, yep. would you? Be if you had a bad hand of action cards and you're thinking, if I get an action card or two that's good, that that could really change everything right now. Would you buy a late game neural motivator at, as a as a
0: desperate move? I don't think I ever have, but I want I think
1: I think, I it's think rare. about it.
0: I think it's rare that I would. What I would instead say is, I mean, you can just do the secondary of politics. You yeah. don't even need to take there politics. There we go. Baby. Save yourself one command counter right. and start doing the secondary of politics. If anything, that's like the number one argument against neural motivator that some people have is, is like, you can if I just always board. bank a command counter for the secondary of politics, you're going to get plenty of action cards. Well, it depends Be- on who we're talking depends about. Depends on who we're talking about. But my point being, there have been plenty of times where I have had seven cards in my hand, and it's like, uh oh, I need to burn these before the status phase because if I'm going to add two more, like that is a for problem. Sure, for sure, for so sure. you can always counterweight your action card problem by taking the secondary of political. For sure. And so late game, in those last two rounds, you should save command counters for the secondary of political, right. because you need action cards. Because guess what? Everyone else definitely is hanging on to action cards mm. that are gonna help them win the game. right? So everyone needs that. That That's your number one utility in the end game, is like what action cards are gonna help you pull off a victory. Right. That is how most people win games. Okay, all right. What's another swinger we got? <laughs> this is this one's a little bit more meta. It's a little stranger to, to, to define, but like, that fact- little stranger danger to it. <laughs> so that stranger danger <laughs> swinger. Let me tell you, uh, is the fact that other people have objectives that they are going for that you can take advantage of. Everyone isn't focused on you, right? Everyone is focused on what they are trying to do, right? And so you can manipulate or see what they're going for and either use that against them or entice them further because you know what they're trying to get and you can get them to pay you. There are lots of things at your disposal as long as you know what your opponents are trying to accomplish. Right. You can get huge economic advantages if you know so-and-so needs two more trade goods and if you give them two trade goods in return for something that's going to give you a huge swing, it might end up being worth it, and you right. need to do that opportunity right. cost yeah make make deals and get in the way of people. be the emperor from star wars right. basically <laughs> that's who, be conniving yeah i i i that'll I think, help you swing i I think the key to being a good swinger is yes. always knowing when right when the timing is right. never swing when you don't when everyone else isn't on board. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> welcome to swing care. Always swing with an interested party.
1: Yes, yes, consent. <laughs> We're welcome this to our consent mess. workshop for space
0: cats peace turtles. Yeah, this is a mess. Um, did we leave anything unsaid there? I feel like that's kind of the the gist of it is like play up how badly you just got hurt and find the important tools that help you turn it around. Right. Find ways to utilize agendas, get action cards, and play people against each other. Right, right. And you you can pull off a lot. The biggest thing, the number one piece of advice is do not count yourself out because you do not know what's going to happen. Right. I get, like we said at the top, right. I get that there are situations where it's like, no, like literally this is the last play of the game. Well, okay, I don't have a solution to that. But I'm talking about going into that last round. So often it's anybody's game. Right. And and you got to learn to not count yourself out because who knows what if what if the sar takes over the soul's home system just as the soul is messing with you and you didn't know the sar was going to do that but like other there are six players at this table and you just have to be prepared to allow the other four players to do what they're going to do so if you get hit hard it's okay there's four other people that all have actions that they need to right, take and right. not everyone is playing against you unless you're getting king made, whatever. That's a whole other thing. Right. The point to all of this is that I rule, I won. No, I don't know. I don't know why I'm doing that right now.
1: Yeah, Matt rules. And I Matt rule. i won. And I'm a.
0: I'm a, I'm a he's meta so good. genius. He's so good. I know how to, I'm going to play you. So I can't wait to play in a tournament someday and get my butt handed to me. And then everyone realize that this is all a sham. I'm really excited about
1: going to Gen Con and seeing these people like play really good Twilight Imperium and us walking around being like, well,
0: that's really crazy that you did that there. I can't believe we, we never would have thought to yeah. do that. We so many times actively said that that wasn't good, and you just did it so good. Yeah, like somebody's <laughs> like like Sardack Nor is going to
1: win the finals yeah, of the tournament, right. and they're going to be like, "Yeah, we didn't research any tech, and uh, tech tech's actually like, not good." Yeah. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's, let's do something. Let's do, let's do let's do what we're supposed to do. The the erotica. Sorry, the erotica. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, welcome to Space Cat's Peace Turtles Errata, and we're not doing any funny business. We've had this has been a, a, a creepy is- enough episode. <laughs>
0: this episode has
1: <is laughs> creeped pretty hard. Um, your first errata is from What episode was this for? This was for
0: Five Player. Five bands. player
1: five player games, yeah. Um, and our first errata is from old
0: friend RoboFish. This is I want to point out with RoboFish, uh the board game geek guild. It's a little quiet these days. Right. Uh. Not not as many people using the bad website that is bored. I think I've oh, effectively. Man. You can't, I'm, I'm, it's working. You literally. No. No. Can't. It's finally working though. Like right. my plan has been so. But but Robo Fish is like the one holdout. And every week he's there, and he kind of is always guaranteed an errata because he's kind of the only person. It's crazy the... too because the Robo Fish. We like Robo Fish enough. We yeah. like a, a Robo errata
1: enough to where I would probably just want to keep the board game geek guild. Yeah. Going I keep, I literally
0: keep it open. It's well,
1: literally just like a forum for. Him, yeah.
0: this was originally. We used to post in the fantasy flight forums, oh, right, and yeah. RoboFish was the only person who posted there. All and then right. we left, and so RoboFish was like, Well, I guess we'll go, I'll go to Board Game Geek with you guys because I hate Reddit. And it's like, Well, fair enough. And well, here we are. Hey, I hate Reddit, what did RoboFish too. have to say? Um, your advantages segment
1: was like, Everyone benefits from four trade goods. Uh, he's talking about what the four trade goods start. Um, well, yes, but how. Arboret gets a carrier and a tech from the first round. The Norm maybe two techs, but what does everyone else do? Is it just carrier and two ground forces and tech? Um, well, I mean, right off the bat, it most certainly isn't just those things. But because... those things
0: are really great.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we probably should emphasize that. I feel like you're making it sound like That's an extra tech... Idea. I like a tech on the house and a carrier and two ground forces, round one is not a big deal.
0: I mean, that's quite a bit yeah. of of goodies. But there is something that we, we didn't go into that many specifics of like what does every single faction get. But it's because it is a little bit more general than that. And Hunter, you had the good description of of what those four trade goods can be used for for anyone. Okay. <laughs> um Four trade goods,
1: a resources, a influence. Uh, that's halfway for both of those. We got the six trade Five trade goods objective. Five trade goods objective. So you four you need out one of five. Mo, one mo. Yeah. Um. That means that if you take if, if that comes out round one and you take trade, you got a whole VP basically on the house with yeah. two trade goods left over. Right. Um. What else is there? I I feel like I went off so hard earlier and I don't remember <laughs> any of that. No, I mean now. it's mostly it's the fact that anyone can bank it, and like free VP. I don't know. Just so. Just so. It's the it's the best resource in the game to fix yeah um to fix this problem with the best resource in the game it it, it feels like a bit much it feels like a lot i think th- there's a think- cone so like doing well in round one helps you do yes like just just explode right basically it, it is there's an exponential
0: is, growth it is to the like, start of a very wide flow chart right right
1: and it seems like the like the factions are very specifically designed to like roll out in a very specific way right And this, I feel like just my four trade bits just
0: flies in the face of that so specifically. And I just feel like it is such a bigger advantage than I am one further away from a neighbor. Right. Which is what the other side of the board, that's like, that's what you're balancing against is like, oh, I have a... I think more importantly, what you're balancing against is like, they probably have more planets that they have access to. Right. And I get that, but... A car- trade
1: a, also a carrier to and two ground forces, if we're talking off the secondary of warfare or uh, with the primary of warfare That is another That's planet. a whole nother Yeah That's not even a whole nother planet. That's a whole nother system. That could be right. a whole nother two planets. Right. That could be so we're, four. So essentially four trade is there I guess I think the question really is this, Robofish. Is there anything that four trade goods doesn't get you round right. one, basically? It's right. it's essentially at this point, the more I think about it, the more it's like it basically guarantees that you can get almost any right.
0: first round Anything. victory point yeah. that there's no and whereas the people in the other two those two far away positions are playing a pretty standard game of TI and possibly get like have access to like one more system right and wouldn't but wouldn't
1: it wouldn't it be really messed up if the solution was to just give those that player a free victory point right and that's almost i feel like that's not far
0: from what it does that is what it feels like to me right with four trade goods
1: and especially first round is so
0: critical as far as what people can accomplish as far as victory points. that is part of the balance of the game that's why that's the other reason i think we're coming at this from a ti3 perspective more than anything too right because ti3 you had stuff like some people started with xrd transporters that's why Asaro were so good. Two carriers, both with two movement. It was insane. If you start with four trade goods on top of that, there's literally nothing you could do against Asaro. Right. That's right, ridiculous. Right. So I think our our hatred for the trade good methods started with Ti three, where the the starting forces were much more competitive. Hard to, yeah, yeah what, they were, a much bigger deal.
1: They were slanted in a way that was
0: kind of insane. Um, let's move on to a pretty pretty related conversation. Um, I, I think. The only huge thing to talk about in the five player stuff is to talk about this trade good imbalance. Right. So TI4 is a virtue from uh, the subreddit said, curious, how are the extra trade goods horrendous for balance? I get that they totally mess with our preconditioned ideas about how each faction ought to start the game. However, in general, the factions of TI are not balanced. They are fundamentally asymmetrical, and every game skews that asymmetry in slightly different directions based on multiple factors, objectives drawn, and in what order? meta factors counters interfaction dynamics etc there's another factor uh i oh, sorry this, this ti4 is a virtue is coming from a standpoint too of they play with um choosing factions and starting positions based on a bidding pattern so they are actually kind of somewhat used to people starting with a couple trade goods so i feel like that's an important caveat to their point of like the asymmetry is already there there's right. a big there's a big problem it's the kind game of already, of, built it's into already built it's already built into trade. the game so yeah. what's a couple more trade goods but they're coming from well someone's already getting trade goods so for us without doing the trick without doing bidding why is four trade goods to one player and two trade goods to two players why does that us upset an already asymmetrical game
1: i mean i think it's the lack of elegance to it really like kind of going off of everything we said in response to Fishes. yeah um that it, it's such a powerful way to fix it it feels like you're kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater right. a little bit like it's just it's too much yes and also uh, like you kind of i feel like ti4 is a virtue kind of answers the question with saying that so many things in ti4 is asymmetrical um that having this kind of like cut across the board like just give them four trade goods um as if there's some sort of symmetry to that. It's actually just another layer of asymmetry on top of everything else. Right. Our
0: biggest problem with, I think, the four trade goods was like thinking about what that does for Sol or these other, like the strong factions get so much stronger than the ones that are coming from behind. It's not like it makes Sardak on equal footing with Sol to get four trade goods. It's like, no, Sardak, hopefully four trade goods puts them on a normal position, but like four trade goods for Sol... that's they just don't even it's like an extra wheel and
1: now they're just like even you know even more equipped
0: to go deep into the mid game right like i think i think that's the number one reason we don't like it is it's okay to give like a like giving winu for trade goods i i don't really bat an eye at that but it's when someone when a very good faction gets in that six o'clock position I hate the idea that they're going to get four trade goods. So, if anything, I want to play into your point of asymmetry. I wish there was kind of an asymmetrical asymmetrical uh, right. solution to this. Yeah. I, want, I want, you know, in a five-player game, I want every faction to have access to a certain kind of pie slice, and that's the only thing they're ever allowed to get. Like, th- there needs to be something that balances against the weight of the factions in addition to a incredibly asymmetrical five-player game right you've thrown off the only remaining symmetry that this game had which was a hexagon shaped map
1: right and and the thing is it's not like it's impossible to make a five-player map right that, that has some level of symmetry to it right. and i think we just like the idea of balancing with the map because it it, it's still competitive. Right. Like, if you if you give a player four trade goods at the start, the other players can do nothing about that. That right. is just literally just right. a, like, almost like a deus ex machina right. solution right. to the problem. But to
0: change the kind of, like, what sort of planets you have access to based on how many players there are, it's like, okay, yes, you have access to that, but that doesn't mean you have it. You still have to work for everything you right. going to get. And, and it still keeps everything in a
1: competitive space, whereas, like, I mean, I just really hate the idea of, someone getting a free victory point round one just because they started in a specific spot and, it, and, and it's it just
0: it's, being that simple. especially considering the fact that like in a six-player game that six o'clock position that we're giving four trade gets to in a six-player game that's a standard pie slice right i would rather take something away from the two players in the positions that have wider pie slices, I would rather mess up their pie slices than give something to someone who is in what is typically considered a standard starting position. Right. Like if we're, I, I choose to base everything off of the six-player map. So if we're scaling back from there, it needs to be about taking away from players who would be gaining more out of a smaller map, right, or a smaller number of players in a map, right. So, so when when you give four trade goods to someone who starts with just a normal start in any other game it feels it feels dirty but i also feel like maybe
1: we're coming at this from a perspective of like people that are talking on a show about it because yeah. we've already seen since we put the call out for some five player maps we've seen some now yeah, and you know great. what i mean like like we we are trying to figure out a way that is yeah. just m- more
0: elegant and probably and more interesting than just tossing trade goods at right. people. I agree that I've seen some people say, like, I don't want just one five-player map. And I agree. What I want is I want a list of 30 five-player maps that work so that sure. at any point I can open up the book and go, mm, flip, 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 flip Got that it. one. That yeah. one looks great. Let's Gonna do going to harp on it again this week, but would love just <laughs> lots of maps yep. that are just Everyone sitting used somewhere. on. So I didn't make this as clear as I could last week. On reddit.com slash r slash twilightimperium, there is a wiki. You click the wiki link in the top bar, and in there is a bunch of resources for new players. And it's really, really great. And I love everything that uh, the mod team there has developed. And one of the biggest ones that I would love to see get kicked off the ground more is the cartographer. where the maps are. There's not very many there right now. And so what we're saying is put the call out, post your good maps, and put them there so we have at least one spot where all the maps go. Yeah. So anyone can open up the book and pick from the litter. All right, we got one more. Read it. Um, okay. Oh, wow. All right, so th- this one is... Okay, he, he's doing something weird here. He told me that I
1: couldn't read this earlier, but... Um, all right, this is from Al Bundy Jr. Okay. <clears throat> I don't have anything useful to add about different sized games, but I can say that not only have I eaten hot dogs at movies... <laughs> I used to buy two dogs for a dollar at the gas station next door to my local theater and then sneak them in using my coat pockets. (laughs) Using my coat pockets. Talk about savings. All right, so what Al Bundy Jr. is saying here
0: is that he's a madman and we're calling the cops. He used to buy hot dogs, put them in his pocket for a little pocket dog, and then he'd go into
1: the movie theater and pull out and presumably, you know, you've got your coat pockets for your hot dogs. Mm-hmm. You've got your butt pockets for your relish. You've got your front pockets. You've
0: got left front pocket ketchup, mm-hmm. right front pocket mm-hmm. mustard. Well, no, it's just you just pour it in the pocket, and then when you want to take a bite, that's what I'm dip, saying. You, you dip, dip the dip hot it dog in, in. You, in the you, ketchup you, pocket. You, you dip it take in your ketchup munch, pocket. Take a little mustard.
1: <laughs> right. In fact, I, I actually have started eating hot dogs at home this way. Yeah. Because it's just a better way to do it. And yeah, so what? You were in your pants.
0: They were going to get dirty anyway. I want to tell you something cargo shorts opens up the game it really does because really then changes. you can get onions in there we're talking <laughs> talking pickle. chili dogs. we're talking you p- get me to the varsity and let me tell you i'll tell you what i what do you have i used to go to this hot dog place mm-hmm. uh, i
1: forget what it was called oh man and they had this really interesting um uh contest there and the way that the contest worked was that you eat three hot dogs in a sitting uh-huh. and then you get a fourth hot dog <laughs> for free but you also have to eat it there
0: <laughs> it was worst promotion just, I've ever just seen just eat four hot dogs it was just like it's just buy three get it one. was buy three hot dogs get a fourth hot dog but for we're free. gonna watch but we're
1: watching you can't take it home with you we're crazy hot dog
0: perverts and we just want to watch you eat it your prize is essentially that you hate yourself now <laughs> I gotta get out of this
1: headspace cause I'm sick of I'm sick of hearing about hot dogs yeah thank you so much Al Bundy Jr thank um you. you can go to our twitter for game updates and enhancements what's our twitter uh space cats pod uh, uh, you can go to our facebook basically has to be circles for announcements and questions questions right, questions you can go to reddit twilight imperium for posts and discussions I, that's how you get into the name old mm. or if you're RoboFish, <laughs> you can portion. go to the board game geek guild for discussions that he has there <laughs> and RoboFish's calendar for himself <laughs>
0: That hasn't, been updated, but it hasn't been updated in a long time.
1: Sorry. sorry, RoboFish is just like, what's going on? <laughs> He's just like in the desert. <laughs> I'm going to make self. my own calendar. Right. Um, you can email uh, us at SpaceCatsBeastTurtles at Gmail. Um, and we like to get this Imperium Live submissions and Plays of the Week there. Um, you can go to our Patreon uh, to contribute to the podcast and help make the podcast better. Uh, we are, it is... It's what Pledge we, Month. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's basically Pledge Month. Um, we are what 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 how close to midnight are we on the whole Gen con thing? I mean, it's like two weeks out now. It's completely insane. Yeah, it's two weeks to midnight. Two weeks to midnight. <laughs> two weeks to midnight. That, that's my new action movie.. Yeah. <laughs> two weeks to midnight. Um, please pledge, uh, pledge all that
0: all that uh, you feel comfortable or want yeah. to pledge. again, if if you just want to get it in before Gen con, get it in this month and we'll remind you, the, right. the start of next month to like if you want to pull out next month we totally get it right we, we will have more to offer in the future but we, we just want to really give everything we've got to Gen Con so right. getting a pledge in now helps helps with that goal we have
1: been I mean to be honest we have been holding off this entire time uh, waiting for Gen Con yeah. and now we are start where you're going to hear us with more hopefully better gear yeah. like yeah. Uh, That's soon gonna be a big and I'm really excited about all of that yes. Um, you can hop onto our discord for fun conversations and and Patreon benefitos and memes. Um you can rate us on your podcast app of choice. We especially uh, approve of Apple Podcasts. Uh we love Apple, Apple Max, right? iTunes. What are
0: you doing? Uh Tim Cook. Disgusting. Yeah.
1: Um hello, my name is Hunter Alton. I'm a comedian uh and actually I'm going to have a new clip up on YouTube soon Ooh. um which will be exciting. Uh it's got some uh, new material, one old joke, uh, some crowd work that I did, a uh, really, really fun clip. Um, but if you want to see me do comedy and you live in the Portland, Oregon area, um, you can see me this week um, co-hosting a very popular, long-running Portland show called Earthquake Hurricane. That is at Ford Food and Drink, um, and it starts at 8 p.m. Free Show, uh, and that's on July 19th. Um, I actually might be collaborating with them more and more. I might be a weekly fixture. Um, We're kind of doing a trial period thing right now. Um, And also some very exciting uh, comedy news for me uh, is that me and my co-producers for the Backyard Comedy Show that I've been doing uh, we're interviewed by The Oregonian, Yay. which is crazy. Um, uh, shout You're going to be in the paper, kid. I'm going to be in a physical paper <laughs> and also the digital one. Um, special shout out to someone who's definitely not listening, but Mike Acker, a uh, writer from The Oregonian, approached us about doing the story. And yeah, we did the interview, and it's going to promote um, my show called Comedy Party House Show Comedy, um, and the next date for that show is July 28th. At 8 p.m., the ad. This is the place where I always give the address, and it's weird, but it is at um, 6346 North Maryland Avenue. Um, we've had. Uh like listeners come out to the show before it is the most fun show that i do yeah. and the oregonian notice that's how good it is yeah
0: dog get in there even if you live kind of far away from portland come yeah. see it yeah come see it when, is it, when does it we'll end play. is it a summer only thing um or? it's gonna so i mean we're and we talk about this a little bit in
1: the article yeah. um but we're gonna be doing another show in august uh we might do an extra one in september that would just be a little bonus for everybody but after that um, we are going to be a pop-up show that you're just going to see every once in a while. We're thinking about doing one fall show, one winter show, gotcha. one spring show, and then, and then back for the summer. Right.
0: All right. Well, I want to thank some uh, patrons, some Patreoners. This week, we want to just give some extra special thanks to our Space Kitties tier. All of our tier. Space All Kitties. All our Space Kitties. Uh, they're a huge part of our Patreon. They're a huge right. part of our Discord. Right. They're a huge part of our lives. Right. Uh, and so I want to thank... Newcomer. Newcomer, Tim Combs. Tim Combs. Thank you for your contribution. I want to thank the cartographer of chaos, in Mac we trust. I realized recently that the K in your name is capitalized, and so I've been curious if your name is actually in Mac K we trust, or if we've been saying it wrong or right the whole time. I like InMacWeTrust because I, like in I always we imagine trust. it's MacDonalds. <laughs> the we Commander. We want to thank the Commander. <laughs> and we are, uh, as always, here to thank Jada Pike. For um, whom
1: the show is made.
0: For who, <laughs> we started this with one audience member in mind. And have you guys Jada noticed to- that when the credits rolled every
1: episode of Space Cats, Peace Turtles, it says for Jada. For Jada. it says that at the end.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna put that in the live stream now. <laughs> the last thing. on for Jada. for Jada. All right, let's do a play of the week. Yeah, and let's get out of here. It's hot. It's really hot in Portland, Oregon, without air conditioning. It's like 99 degrees, guys. This is from Jim Howes from Round One. I was constantly peppered by Yin forces while Muat controlled basically two pie slices and Mechatol. The goal of Muat and Yin the entire game was to eliminate me and then just play as normal. Fortunately, I was able to hold on to most of my pie slice for a good portion of the game all while slowly accumulating victory points Finally in the second to last round I was able to wrestle Mechatol from Muwat and claim my secret objective I was at seven points while Muat was at six the other two just Simply didn't seem to care about victory points. Muat had the bureaucracy strategy card that round, and since everyone decided to play against me the whole game, I thought I might try a As desperate As Muat was drawing play. the top two public objective cards with bureaucracy, uh, I should point out this is TI3. Uh, bureaucracy allowed you to look at two uh, public objectives, and you would put one on the newly revealed objectives, and the other ones you would just know is close to coming out, but you didn't put it out yet. So Jim says, I casually asked if when Imperium Rex got drawn, did that automatically end the game, or did it actually just have to be publicly revealed? Imperium Rex was an objective card that wasn't worth any victory points, but instead said game over, and it would just the game would just end as soon as that card was revealed. I then added, of course if Imperium Rex isn't one of those two cards, you don't need to look it up, I suppose. Begrudgingly, the Muwap player looked it up in the rulebook to make sure, giving me the knowledge that one of the cards was indeed Imperium Rex. After looking it up, he smugly said, no, it just has to be revealed, it looks like we're going to be able to eliminate you after all. So now, I had to end the game as quickly as possible with Imperium Rex. Fortunately, I had the speaker token, so I was able to choose bureaucracy for the final round. I just had to survive until my turn. Yin and Muat threw everything they could at me. At this point, I only had two systems left, one with my fleet at Mechatol, and one random two-planet system with zero defenses. Everything else was lost. Muat went first and threw two Warsuns, several dreadnoughts, and a bunch of other ships at my fleet. I desperately tried to hold on with all of my accumulated action cards, but he completely out my fleet. Then Yin came and took my last system, but neglected to bring enough ground forces, and so, with one planet and no plastic of any kind on the board, I was able to play Bureaucracy, reveal Imperium Rex, and win the game. And thus was the birth of our removing Imperium Rex house rule.
1: Yeah! 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 Way to hang on!
0: Way to hang on! I'm, I... Way to hang on! Part of, do you, I miss Imperium Rex only a little bit, uh, because it made it, you never knew when the game was going to end. The game, Twilight Imperium used to be between 7 and 10 rounds, and now it's like, it will definitely end at at least 9 rounds, but there was a time when it was just like, who knows what's going to happen? It's a mystery. I know, I know,
1: and it's sort of like how you're listening to this show right now, and you don't know when it's going to end. And why is Hunter Sound so far away? I do have this, like, deck of cards right now. And let's see. uh, Let's see what I got.
0: Um, Oh! It's Imperium Rex. No,
1: it was uh, the tech one.
0: Thank you for listening to Space Cat's Peace Turtles. And thanks to Ben Prunty for the use of his music. You can find more at benpruntymusic.com and benprunty.bandcamp.com. This goes two ways. One is the way I do it. Mm-hmm. The way I do it is I tell everyone else at the table, it's a little sluggish. The
1: fastest route Alexa! Alexa, stop!
0: stop. <laughs> um, Sorry, that was Alexa. <laughs> she's trying to get in on the podcast. Um, that was the L1Z1X-a. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Pax Magnifica Bellum Gloriosum.